Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. You can join the conversation with us. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Facebook and Twitter at HopeNet360. It's where we're at. Tonight, we're chatting with Kristen. She's back on the show with us. You'll remember last week, she shared some of the things that she wished she knew before laying on the train tracks. And tonight, we're going to finish that list and kind of go into more of the things that she wishes her parents knew. So, Kristen, welcome to the show again. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's awesome to be here. For those who are new to the show, we're coming up on a year, and uh, it's been incredible to hear your story. We did interview you last November and talked about your story a little bit. And uh, Kristen has a book called Life in Spite of Me, and it's a fantastic read. Definitely encourage people to check that out and uh, maybe hand it off to some of the girls and even some guys if you have a youth group or a church group that you know could benefit from someone that's just struggling and going through stuff. So um, it's, yeah, it's, I'm just excited. I finally did get a chance to finish the book, and uh, I, I did just enjoy reading it. I knew half of it, and the other part of it was just, it was, it was really, I, I enjoyed reading it. Thank you. Dave, how are you doing, man? Great. It's great to be with you, and it's it's great to uh, be with our growing listening family that keeps contacting us or talking to us off the air. It's it's exciting to be a part of what God's doing in people's lives, and we encourage people to interact with us so that we uh, we can continue a conversation here. Yeah, and we are coming up on a year. We're going to take a few weeks off around the end of August. And so we're going to play back some of your favorite shows that you've heard through the last year or so. And uh, so we're going to hit year two running pretty well. And we're excited to be a part of your lives and your night. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure if you do subscribe on iTunes, make sure you leave us a review and let us know what you think. Make sure you share with your friends. We would love for you to be a part of our growing online community as well. Tonight, the show, 15 things. We're going to try to get through this list, Kristen. It's it's a pretty big list. But I think it's one of those that parents are going to want to tune in for. And I hope as you guys are listening, maybe you young people who are listening, teens, young adults, that you would share this with your parents. Because some of these things, you may not be at the point where you feel like giving up. But you might feel like, I wish my parents knew this stuff, or I wish I could tell my parents this. And so maybe tonight as we're talking, you kind of resonate with that. And we would love to hear from you guys as far as maybe what things resonate with you. So our email is hope at hopenet360.com. Kristen, let's get into this a little bit. There are things that you wish your parents had known before you laid on the train tracks. And for those who missed her show last week, make sure you go and check it out on the podcast. But uh, Kristen, you have such an incredible story. And there are some things that you kind of look back on and you're like, I wish I knew these things. I wish my parents knew these things. What's one thing you wish your parents knew? One thing um, is very similar to me. I also wish that they knew more about depression, how common it can be, as well as the triggers, the signs, and how easy it is to fall into a depression. My parents didn't really know hardly any of that. My dad had been diagnosed with depression, but still they didn't really understand the signs. Hmm. And so how did that, how did that affect your relationship when, like when you started feeling depressed? Well, I didn't know those signs, so I didn't know to recognize that, to tell them anything, and they didn't see that, so they didn't ask me about anything. I mean, they just they knew something was wrong, so they were taking me to counseling and whatnot, but they didn't really understand the gravity of the situation. Kristen, what is depression? I mean, is it just being sad? I mean, can you help me out here? What is it? Is it okay? I had a a bad day, and I'm I'm upset about something, and I'm sad about life. Is that all it is, or is it something more than that? No, I mean, we all have highs and lows, but depression is more like when you get stuck in that sad place and and you keep going into a deeper place or you're just stuck there for a long time. And for me, it was both. I was stuck there. I kept thinking very negative thoughts about myself, about life. I didn't know how to 
hope very much anymore. I became more and more discouraged and, um, I just became more and more defeated. I, I didn't love myself. I didn't love life. I didn't have a passion for the things that I did before. I, now, um, yeah. was, was this obvious in your behavior or, or would your parents have to be, um, really good guessers to see it? Did you put on an act at home so they didn't see this or was it that, uh, they just didn't understand that this could be affecting you? No, they knew more than anybody else that something was wrong with me. They just didn't know what it was. And they had taken me to see doctors, and doctors said it was stress and anxiety because of all the friends that I had who died and whatever. So they just trusted the doctors, you know, didn't really think for themselves, I guess, and, um, you know, hoped that I would be fine. I, I don't know how to explain it. There were warning signs, but I didn't talk about them very much. So maybe in a way I was hiding it. You know, some things like even that I was getting sick every day. I mean, I think I knew that that was more because of stress. I was physically getting sick every day. Hmm. But I never told them like what I was thinking about that made me, you know what I mean, get sick every day or that kind of thing. So parents, just to help parents out, one of the things they could do is maybe not even use the word depression because it's too big of a word. But maybe they can talk to their kids and say, you know, are you sad? Are you do you feel like you're in a rut? Do you feel like you can't, you know, get out of something? I mean, is that something they need to be doing dialogue-wise, or is that because I think, you know, as a parent, something we just hide and and think uh, you'll be okay. Everybody goes through a time where they're sad mm-hmm. or something, but to have that conversation where they use the sad word or depressed, you know, I'm, I'm just wondering if that's a word that's really understood because it could mean uh, so many different things. But but sad mm-hmm. seems to have a, a a role that I could grasp. Right. And how, you know, do you feel sad? Have you been feeling sad a lot lately? Yeah. How how do you think you've been feeling on a scale of one to 10 even? That's a question I think I could have answered probably that would have shown people how I was doing more than anything else. I mean, I probably would have said like one, two, zero, like that would have been a huge warning sign. And that Did you feel that you were, um, that you personally were odd because of that? Well, I didn't think about it that much. I mean, okay. I did feel like nobody... I did feel like most people do. Like nobody understands how I'm feeling. Nobody's ever been through this. Okay. And and also like maybe some people had, but they were stronger than me. I just wasn't strong enough. I couldn't handle that sort of pain and that sort of stress in my life. So at some point it would have been really helpful for your mom or dad to talk about their own struggles with the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought right. my mom was perfect and okay. didn't need anything. All right. I hope uh, some parents are listening. I think that's great advice to be listening to and see, see what you can do with that. Yeah. Let's go to another one. What's uh, what's another thing you wish your parents had known? I wish they knew that more than anything, what I needed was a growing, thriving relationship with the God who made me. My parents wrote about that in my book. Actually, my mom did in the afterword in my book. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it was a really hard lesson for her to learn that she couldn't make me happy, that the things she bought me couldn't make me happy, that being in sports or getting good grades even couldn't make me fill fill that place in me that need that I needed and that God was the only one who could really fill that void in me and give me peace and purpose and joy in my life and I I just wish they kn- knew God that well themselves so they could have pointed me towards a relationship with him I think that's every parent's desires when especially for you and I both right, have young right. children and they start crying and you're trying to figure out what they need you're not really thinking about what they want. You're thinking about what they need. Right. And I think that's every parent's gut is trying to figure out what they need and then meet their need. But there are so many parents who haven't quite figured out or quite grasped on where faith comes into that and where the relationship with God comes into that. And knowing who God is, it's not just knowing about this God, but it's knowing who God is. And then beyond that, it's also how do you – I think one of the biggest questions that parents have is – how do you help foster that in your child? Like, how do you mm. how do you get, how do you tell a teenager that they need a relationship with God when they don't really want to hear that? <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know if that if that would have made a difference to you if your parents would have come to you and said, "You need God." And the, one of the biggest reactions you get from teens is that knee jerk, "No, I don't." You know, and don't tell me what to do. You can't. You're not the boss of me. Kind of, and it's just mm-hmm. it, it becomes irrational in this circular thing. And so I want to talk more about this when we come back on the show. Remember, you can also email in your questions and your thoughts as we're talking to Hope at HopeNet360.com. I think this is one of those engaging conversations, and we hope you stick around for the rest of it here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? 
Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. Thanks for joining us on the show. We've got Kristen Jane Anderson back in studio with us again this week. And we're going to finish out the second part of her list. Last week, she talked about things that she wished she knew before laying on the train tracks. And tonight, she's going to talk about more of what she wishes her parents knew. So, parents, if you're listening tonight, be a part of the show. You can email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. Not just live on the show, but anytime during the week if you catch the podcast later on. We would love to hear your thoughts, and we will definitely keep them going. We're going to continue this post on our website, hopenet360.com, which is where all of our shows are at. So if you missed this one or any part of the show, or you want to go back and share it with your friends, you can go to hopenet360.com and pull up all of our podcasts, share them with your friends, share Kristen's story. Every single show we do is there for you guys. So glad that you've joined us here on the show. Kristen, what's another thing that you wish that your parents knew before you laid on the train tracks? I wish they knew that the youth group they'd brought me to was only a place to have fun and that I needed so much more. And when I say that, it really was all event-oriented. Like, it would be like, we're going to go play Frisbee for youth group. We're going to go. There wasn't any spiritual direction. There was no Bible studies. There was no worship. Nothing like that. And I think, unfortunately, that that's probably more typical than we'd like to believe because there's so many youth pastors right now that are trying to just relate with kids and and have a good time and build a what they call a relationship, but they never really bring them to God in that relationship. You know, they can get that anywhere. They can get that at, at any place. It's kind of interesting that you say that. But what would you say to a youth pastor right now that might be listening or a parent that's trying to choose a, a church with a youth group? What, what would they be looking for then? I would just say um, that you should be familiar with the youth program if you're looking for a new church. Or even if you're going to stay at your church, check out the youth programs at other churches if yours doesn't seem to be connecting with your child. I know that that's not probably a po- popular opinion, but that is my opinion. And I think that it, it could be very wise. For me, it would have been very, very helpful. Also, I think it's important to know that they're centering the ministry in the Bible, that they're teaching the Bible, that they're getting the kids into the Bible, that they're bringing leaders into the youth group who really know the Lord, and that they are not just focused on events like you said, that they can play sports anywhere, they can get to know normal people anywhere, they need to know people who know God, they need to be with people who are going to pour into them and focusing on getting them to a real and vulnerable place and realizing that they're really looking for many more answers when they're at a church youth group event, not just to have fun. Yeah. I think it's also difficult. There's a difficult place that a lot of youth pastors are in when it comes to how they run their youth ministry. There's a lot of churches who have a specific way lead pastors or leadership teams that expect that their church is going to run. And really we've seen a lot more of these attractional youth ministry models where it's like, in a way, it's almost the Happy Meal model where you get the kids in the door because they're going to get a toy. And the reality is, is those toys don't change our life. They just get them in the door. The reality is, is what students need is to be shown and modeled how to have authentic faith. But it's not just up to the youth ministry program. It's really up to the parents, too. And so it has to be this partnership kind of model. Now, today's I think today's church is going through some incredible tensions right now, shifts that are happening, going from an attractional model to a more discipleship-focused model. And there's always that pendulum swing, it seems. It seems like there's you know this cry for meat. There's this cry for more. And I'll just share a story. I went and spoke at a youth group about a couple months ago. And I was there and I shared this story that we had talked about on the show of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these guys, I shared that story to this talk. And, and to be honest, it was like one that I figured everybody knew. But I was talking more, I guess, from a scriptural, more from, you know, just pulling things out of scripture. And, and I had a girl come up to me after the service and she's like, thank you for the meat. You know, she's like, I didn't really realize how much I missed that. And so mm-hmm. it's not to knock on their youth group or whatever. I was filling in in a spot they needed um, at the time. And so I was grateful to come in and do that. But young people today, if you're a youth pastor, a youth worker, and you think teens aren't ready for more of the media things in the Bible, think again. You know, they really yeah. want that. And if we're not, as a church, if we're not giving both sides of it, I'm not saying attractional is bad. What I'm saying is if we miss the other half of it and we don't truly help disciple young people or we just say, well, we'll try to do that, but we're really an attractional kind of youth ministry, we're missing it. We really are. Yeah. 
Let me throw one more thing in there, Jeff, if I can, to, to make it. Uh, here's how simple I think it can be. Parents need to uh, do one thing, I think. They need to ask, is this youth group about God or is it about my kid? Because if it's about God, then it'll be about their child. And, and, and youth leaders need to get together and ask the same thing. Is our youth group, is it really about God? And, and that simple question, if you answer that right and make it about God, I'm telling you, you'll be about people right. And you'll still have fun, I promise, but you'll do it with a very purposeful way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that youth pastors wrestle with, and it's sometimes more than just what you see on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. Youth pastors are trying to figure out a lot of different things as they relate to the church. So, Kristen, as you continue on, uh, what else is something that's really important that you wish that your parents had known? This one's very specific to me, but I wish they would have known that I had been raped. That's something that I was in denial about. I didn't want to believe that I had been taken advantage of in that way that I had been raped. I didn't want to face that at all. And I just wish somehow they would have known that they would have asked me the right question, that they would have known that because that was one of the biggest things that affected me and threw me into that tailspin of a depression. Mm -hmm. So like these first few things I'm seeing, I'm kind of seeing a pattern. You you wish they knew what you were struggling with. Mm -hmm. You wish that they knew what you needed at the time. Uh, You wish that they knew that the place that you were at, you were trying to find the answers in wasn't working for you and now you're saying you wish they'd known a secret that you had that you didn't feel like you could tell anybody about would that be a good way of describing it Mm -hmm. and so many young people i think have secrets that they're holding inside and why do you think they don't open up and and talk about those things with their parents i think part of it is because they think their parents are expecting them you know like to be a certain person they don't they they want to please them and they don't want to disappoint them. They also don't want to worry them. And so they're trying to be who they want them to be and not worry them and not disappoint them. So they're not being real with themselves or real with their parents. I wonder, you know, I mean, it's amazing to me that um, you would hold a secret like that and not talk about it. It, Young people need to understand that one of the most important things that they can do is go to mom and dad or go to a trusted Christian um, older person and say, here's what I'm thinking or here's what I'm feeling or here's what happened to me and just let them talk to you. Did you feel like sharing that, that somehow that was your fault? Well, for me, sharing it would have meant made it more real and I just still didn't want to believe that it was real. I didn't want to deal with going to court. I didn't want to deal with the police. I didn't want to deal with what that would mean for my heart long term, what that would mean for my relationships longer term, what mm-hmm. that would mean for even my relationships with my parents. I I was 16 years old trying to grow up, become more independent, independent, and I knew that they would coddle me more. I knew they would worry about me more. And I just, it, it was such a struggle for me to know how to handle it. Hmm. So their response was probably your biggest worry is, I, I, I'm fine with how they are now. I don't want a bigger response or one that's, you know, even more out of my control in a way. What's something else? Another thing is I wish they would have known that I could hardly understand what I was feeling or how to put it into words and that asking me questions might have been helpful. And I really mean that. I I didn't know that I was depressed, so I couldn't have put that into words. I didn't know that I was struggling with suicidal thoughts, so I couldn't have put that into words. I didn't know that I had even been sliding down like a slippery slope, how that I was getting worse and worse and worse. I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening to me. So yeah. I wish they would have known that I just wasn't mature enough in that way to describe my feelings and my emotional state with them. And asking me questions might have been helpful. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Along with that, I, I just think that if my parents would have asked me, have you ever been raped? You know, have you ever felt taken advantage of by a guy or something like that? It would have opened a door where I was like, whoa, you know, like I just would have been faced with it where maybe I would have been open and answered something been like, well, actually, you know, mm-hmm. even though I wouldn't want to talk about it, if they asked me about it, I, I almost feel like I would have been forced to because in a, in a, in a way I really did want to talk about it. I just wouldn't mm-hmm. have wanted to bring it up. Well, more questions and less lecture probably would have been very useful. And what questions to ask? You know, I would think to outright ask someone if they had been raped, I would say if there was ever... I would say it's probably better to ask if there was ever a situation where you were with somebody and you felt uncomfortable. You know, you kind of get into these like more medical questions, but I don't have all of those written down somewhere. But that to me would be one of those questions, you know, that would kind of lead into a further thing. Because I think the hard part is as parents of teenagers, and I'm not one of those yet, but 
what I understand is sometimes teens will say one thing, but they mean something totally different. But all they say something, and all of a sudden, parents' red flags go up in their brain, like, "What was that?" You know, and and they're like, "No, no, 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 never mind. You know, it wasn't like that big of a deal. I just said it wrong." You know, so sometimes teens don't know they don't know how to say it. You know, that's what you're saying is they don't know how to say what I'm feeling or what's going on inside. And so I, I think the important thing is parents is not to overreact. It's also not to underreact, but I think that's also the fine balance in that. So we're going to have to unpack that a little bit more when we come back. Remember, you can chat with a live coach. There's something going on tonight and you're feeling like you're alone and you don't know what to do in your life. You can always chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com. More with Kristen when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Glad to be with you tonight. Kristen Jane Anderson in studio with us tonight. Things I wish my parents knew. So she's talking about her experience in laying on the train tracks. And so if you missed her story, make sure to go back and listen to it. But Kristen, you've had some really great points so far. Things that... You know, you wish that your parents had known stuff like what you were struggling with. Obviously, I think every parent, every caring parent wants to know what their child is struggling with because part of us as parents, we're wired, you know, from day one is we got to fix whatever's in your way for your child. We want our child to thrive. We, You know, if our child's crying, you know, you want to fi- you figure out what they need. You know, you don't want to just let them sit there and, and cry. Actually, it's bad for kids, you know, before they're at least, you know, six, eight some odd months just to know what they're wrestling with and not let them cry for too long because then you got the anxiety and all these different things. And so we could go on and on about these things, but some of the things, also the secrets that you've been holding on to, at least one big secret, you know, wish that your parents had known. And again, I'm sure there are parents out there that are like, I really just wish my child would tell me, I just, I hate playing mind games. You know, I just, just tell me, you know? And I think one thing we're trying to do on this show tonight, Kristen, is just to open the conversation and to allow people to understand that there are things that teens really want to tell their parents. They just don't know how to. And then there are parents who really want to hear from their child, but they don't know how to ask. So how do we bridge this gap? So I'd like to hear one more thing that you wish that your parents had known. I wish they knew that even though they'd taken me to a Christian counselor, she never gave me any spiritual direction or encouragement. Huh. And that's very hard. They were trying to do the right thing. They thought, you know, this would be the best person to take me to. She was a Christian counselor. She was covered by her insurance. She became, she was recommended even to them mm. by somebody that my mom worked with. But they didn't interview the counselor at all. They didn't really know anything about her faith. And she didn't bring the Bible. She didn't bring God. She didn't, and none of it into my counseling sessions. Mm. I didn't even, you know, and it made me, really made me like, I really feel like it, it made me more it made me question what the christian life was even more because this lady was supposed to be a christian counselor and i didn't have i didn't go to a christian school or anything like that so to me she should have stood out differently than everyone else in my life and she didn't hmm. yeah you know n- now in your life kristen if you as you look back and and you've been uh, to, to bible school that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, would spiritual answers w- would the bible have helped you at that point I don't think God's word ever comes back void. I think that maybe it wouldn't have all made sense to me right away, but it would have been something I kind of absorbed somehow and looked back on eventually. I think that's true even for my parents. I think that if they would have known the Lord and they would have shared things that they were learning in the Bible with me, it might not have made sense to me yet, but I would have absorbed it somewhat and it would have been good for me to hear because I would have taken it to heart at some point in my life. Yeah, I would I would encourage parents if they're looking into counseling or, or even as thinking about it that they need to understand that if the counselor is only going to treat the symptoms and not the causes, that that's not going to work. If they try and just look at, you know, sometimes that's what we want. We want on the surface everything to be okay. We have to get under the surface and make sure that the causes are all dealt with. And, and obviously God is the only one that can do that in the Bible. And, and I would not, you know, necessarily take my child to a place where, where they aren't going to go into the spiritual aspect, into the Bible, and talk about the way things were meant to be so that we can get things really straightened out. You know, I think that's such a difficult thing to find, you know, honestly. I, I see more in counseling, Christian counseling, is still a lot more based on how the mind works. And if I can, I just I want to interject some thought to that because I think there's 
a lot of counselors out there that may listen to the show, may not, may, be, may get wind of what we talk about. And uh, I want to just reassure them that, hey, they have one job to do. They really do need to be someone who does listen, that they give some insight, and they also understand how the mind works. Because there are a lot of pastors who don't quite understand that. But the pastors understand how the Bible works and what the Bible says. So there's a place for every single person. And Christian counselors, I think it is difficult to find a Christian counselor who's going to open the Bible and say, okay, let's go to Second Kings. Let's talk about this story. Let's you know go into it in, in depth. Right. And somehow relate that to a counseling principle. Now, I don't know. That, that will work. I think counselors are supposed to be there so that young people or even us adults have someone that we can open up the dialogue with but then we also have to understand that it's not the counselor's job to disciple us. I mean, it's just it's part right. of the, the framework. Now, there are some pastors who are great counselors, but there are also some pastors that are not great counselors. But where those two intersect and how they intersect and, and where they meet, I think it's one thing to go to a counselor. It's a totally another thing to get into a, a life-giving church and to be a part of that body. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but uh, I don't know. Those are just kind of my thoughts, Dave. I don't know if you agree or yeah. disagree on that or what you're thinking. I do, but you know, I think what we have to understand is that as we walk with God, and that happened earlier in, in Kristen's list here, talking about just parents who walk with God and, and body members who do, mm-hmm. we don't want to minimize what God's Word can do and what the Holy Spirit can lead us to do and, and lead us to say at the right time. I mean, we are dependent upon God for helping people. Yep. And for changing people, not ourselves. And to take somebody who is not going to be God-centered and to take somebody that, that, that is going to look into the world. I, I, as you know, I love psychology, actually, and I love philosophy. And, but I think that psychology does is, is identify problems really well. I think they do. I just don't think that they answer them very well. I think they identify them well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the Bible answers the problems well. And so I, I like actually putting them together because I think sometimes they ask the right questions and the Bible gives the right answer. And, and I think that's the kind of counsel you want to look for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would doubt it. I wouldn't doubt there are some Christian counselors that are just using the name. But I think the counselor is the first step. It's kind of an easy step for parents if they are able to take their child in for counseling. Bring them to a Christian counselor because then you know you can talk about anything with them You know, versus going to a counselor. And, and maybe the child goes in and says, what about the Bible? And they're like, I don't know anything about the Bible or I don't, I don't right. want to talk about the Bible, you know? So at least you have that to start with. So start with the counselor and then move to family. If you can move to family counseling, you know, that would be a good recommendation. Get them all together. You guys all mm-hmm. talk about your stuff and work through some of those things, open the dialogue together and then get into a church. So I think those are step, you know, easy steps to take, but. And the next thing I was going to say is that I wish they would have known that I didn't really like drinking, sneaking out, smoking and doing all the things I wasn't supposed to be doing. Because I, I got in trouble for them a lot and it sort of became the focus. And I think they thought that I was just, that's what I was worried about. That's what I was focused on. And it wasn't. That was really the symptom of the problem. Hmm. And right. so those were things that you were just trying to fill that wound, kind of to, to kind of mask the secret you were holding inside? It was real a lot about self-medication, trying to make myself happier, trying to make the pain go away, trying to just in, enjoy the moment and escape the past, escape the pain. And so with people... Were you in groups doing this stuff? Oh, yeah. And were there people that you knew that also – was that part of them doing this as well as kind of trying to – You know, for them, I think it was more about just experimenting, having fun, whatever. For me, it wasn't. I mean, it really, there was – it was. It went a lot deeper. For them, I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. I think for them, there was probably deeper things too, trying to fit in, trying to find their value, their place, you know, like – but for mm-hmm. me, it was – a lot more related to my pain. And so how did this all begin? I mean, did you just start hanging out with people you knew that were doing this stuff or what? Yeah. My friends that I grew up with started to do that kind of stuff, especially once we got into high school. Uh, after a couple of years, the older high school boys were inviting us to parties and, and we just didn't say no. And again, I think you, you nailed it, uh, Kristen, saying you know, it was a symptom the, the smoking, the drinking, the, the, you know, the, the, the sexual exploring and that kind of stuff. Those are symptoms. And, and what we have to understand is that really if we're going to be help, able to help somebody, we, we can see the symptoms, but we need to go after the cause. And uh, that's really uh, the most important thing. And, and, and the bottom line for that is I need to be genuinely in love with God and in love with my child in order to really help them. You know, I just want to encourage you if you're listening tonight and those are the ways that you're trying to mask the pain that's going on inside – I can guarantee you, and I'm sure Kristen can speak more to this as well, that you're not going to fill that hole. 
a lot of ways you're just going to end up digging that hole that much deeper and the pain, the shame that comes with it, the lifestyle that goes with it. I mean, there are so many things that it just, it leads to something so far from hope and so far from healing that it just, it makes that wound that much more deep. And as soon as you get off of that high, you realize that you've got to fill it again. You've got to fill that need. You've got to mask it. You've got to cover it because the pain comes right back and it's stronger. It's intense. And and I just, I really believe there's a spiritual side of it, and we have to understand that. And so tonight, if you're wrestling with that, if you want to just figure out more of who God is, and you're trying to figure out what all these things mean, and, and how to really deal with the pain that you're feeling inside, I just want to encourage you to chat with a live coach tonight, because the moment you do that, the moment you reach out for help in a way that's different from those ways of doing it, those methods, I think you're going to find that hope is going to come in and that healing can start taking place. Now, it's going to be a process. And for some of you who are listening tonight, you've really been trying to fill that hole for so long. And it's only been poisoning the problem even more. It hasn't been helping anything. So chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com. You can also email us at Hope at HopeNet360.com. And we hope tonight that you find hope, real hope, lasting hope. We're going to pick up this show in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Stay tuned. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. It's a show where conversations save lives. We're glad that you've joined us. We've got Kristen Jane Anderson in studio again with us tonight. And it's always a pleasure to have you in studio, Kristen. Thank you so much. So good to be here. Tonight, it's about 15 things I wish my parents had known before I tried laying on the train tracks. So tonight, we would love to hear your questions, your thoughts as we're talking, especially if you're a parent tonight. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. We would love to hear from you. So tonight, DW, Kristen, what's one more thing that you wish that your parents had known? I wish they'd known that one of the reasons I didn't talk to them more was because I was afraid of punishments, especially with my friends because they're what was keeping me holding on. Oh man. So you felt like your parents would pull you away from the one thing that was basically keeping you together Yeah, in a way. Yeah, man. I, I bet there's a lot of young people that are just like that. And again, as I'm, as parents might be listening, I'm thinking, please don't think sim- symptoms all the time. Think cause. I mean, if, if you find out that the young person in your, your family is struggling with something, try and dig a little deeper than that symptom. You know, d- dig a little deeper and talk about some of the cause that's, that's going on there. And, and really the cause comes down to really not understanding um, what truth is and, and not seeing it demonstrated and, and not having God a part of the dialogue. And I mean, there's a lot of things there that we can fix. But just stopping the circumstance, uh, getting somebody so that you lock them in a room so that they never see anybody again. And, you know, and some parents do that. They threaten to do that. And, and that's not going to work. We need to get to the cause of the problem. So in this case, Kristen, if your parents were to punish you by basically saying you cannot hang out with those people anymore, would they be right? Yes and no. It's so complicated. I feel like there it would have been good for them to limit me somewhat, but to ground me until further notice or to um, take away my friends altogether, or, you know, my communication with them on the phone wasn't helpful. I needed, I needed to have somebody consistent in my life that I could talk to and lean on. In addition to them. Okay, but so were these friends ones that you were going out drinking and smoking and all that stuff with? Well, yes, but they're also the friends that I had since second grade. You know, they're the friends Mm -hmm. who knew me. They're the friends that I shared life with. You know what I mean? Like, so they weren't just these new bad kids that I started hanging out with. But do you see where this is going? Yeah. Do you see as a parent where you're like, what we were talking about before is parents get focused on the what? The drinking, the smoking, the ways that we're, we're acting out. You know, for whatever reason, we don't know what the reason is. That's the why. Parents are trying to figure out the why, but they have to figure out first the what and what to do about the what because that's something that they can kind of control in a way. They can take you out of a setting so that you're not tempted by those things for your safety. You know, that's that's part of the struggle of being a parent is what's the right response in this situation? And there are probably a lot of parents that are wondering too because they're trying to figure out what's going on in their teen's mind. What's the right response? I would say as a dad, I want to pull my child out of that situation. 
so that they aren't tempted by those things so that we can get our, our other stuff together. Because if we're under the influence of something like that, it totally doesn't help our judgment. It's something that's not good for us. So, uh, but other than that, parents need to know the why as well, which is exactly what you're talking about too, that we need to know the why and we need to be able to talk about the why and what's going on inside. So, I don't know. Would that be would that, Dave? Do you agree with that? You know, it, it might be a non-issue if some of these other um, points that Kristen made were taken care of. Yes. In other words, if there was a good dialogue with her already, with her mom and dad about God and about life and about, and if she had some some uh, people that loved God, if her youth were, if her youth group were really about God, and there were some other people there. I mean, I look back at my youth group when I was in high school, and there was two or three guys. They just decided we're going to do this thing right. You know, we're going to love God. We're going to do right. And it was valuable to me. And so I I think that really this is more as the list went on here. This is more of a a worry or a byproduct because the other points on this list weren't taken care of. If those other points were taken care of, then the friend part, they still would have been friends. But but basically, the reliance and the need for people would have been taken care of by godly people and by godly friends, and that would have been a different issue then. So I I really think it would have cleared up if some of the other points would have been taken care of. Mm -hmm. Teens that are listening tonight, I'm going to ask you two questions. Number one, do you feel like your parents love you? Do you feel loved by your parents? Do you know that they love you? And number two, do you know that they have your best interests in mind? If you answered yes to both of those then this other part of it, if they've ever restricted you from talking with friends or being around certain people, didn't let you go to school dances, whatever it was, do you think that they did that because they loved you? There might be a yes answer in there somewhere. And we need to figure that out. And so I'd love to hear from you guys. And I, I, also, I really want to encourage young people, if you've got parents that you feel like are restrictive or they're controlling or maybe they're strict, being a strict parent is not necessarily a bad thing. And I just want to encourage young people, if you've ever felt that way, it's more important that you talk to your parents. Maybe ask them why you didn't want them hanging around because there might be a good reason. It might be a reason that they're thinking, yeah, they're just starting to make some really bad decisions. And I want to see you making those bad decisions too. And I, I think it's because they love you, not because they want to control you. They don't want to control your friends. That's actually a really tasking thing to do as a parent yeah. is to tell them who they can or can't hang out with. That's that's like a headache to me. It's like yeah. I got to keep track of Billy and Susie and Jimmy and Jane. I don't know. I can't keep them all together anymore. You know, I don't know where they live all the time. And But I don't want to have to do that. And there are a lot of parents that would tell you if they love you and they have their best interests in mind, they don't want to have to control your life because sometimes we have a hard time controlling our own lives. Yeah. When you talk to mom and dad – do it in a way that isn't defensive, where, where you have this attitude in your voice or whatever else it might mm. be. It, I think it's really important to go to them and say, would you help me understand why you do this? Mm-hmm. You know, ask them that. Give them the benefit of the doubt that they have a good reason. But if you go to them and say, you know what, you don't like my friends. You don't want me hang out with them. They're my friends. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a confrontation brewing. You know, that isn't the goal. And likewise, go the other way. Parents with your, your children. Ask them, help me understand you. You know, Kristen, if I were your dad and, and you were going through this, and I sat down with you one night and I said, you know, Kristen, something's, would you help me understand why you do this? I, I mean, I just want to know. Would, would that have been helpful to you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even to try to explore that with me because maybe I didn't understand, but to suggest maybe, do you think maybe it's this? Do you think maybe it's that? You know, that would have been awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. because what they were doing is trying to understand. You know, I do that all the time, even in the business world, you might call it. That somebody does something, uh, you know, uh, that's lower in a company or something, and I'll I'll call the boss up or the owner and say, "Do you understand that this is going on?" And 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 I don't know that you would or you wouldn't allow it. And almost every time I don't do a confrontational, they go, "No, I didn't. Thank you." Hmm. You know what I mean? It's like I, I'm not trying to accuse anyone of anything. I'm trying to understand what you understand. You know, yeah. and in that process, you open a dialogue, and and that's really what we want to do. Uh, is open that dialogue and, and, and talk to mom and dad or mom and dad talk to children, but do it in a way where you're actually trying to understand rather than just control. These are some really good, helpful tips to you guys as parents and, and teenagers. You're listening tonight. Open that conversation up. Kristen, what's one more thing? That being in school basically complicated my issues, and I think it would have helped me if I would have been taken out and put in an intense counseling program. That would have changed a lot of things in your life. Yeah, and I, I mean, would have just, hated it, and I wouldn't have wanted to do it. I wouldn't have understood it. But I, I really think that I needed that. Yeah. Hmm. That seems to be contradictory to the last point where you didn't want to lose your friends. And now, now you it think is. you should have been taken out of school. And uh, I understand <laughs> that, but um, I, I think you might want to address that. 
I, you know, I didn't want to lose my friends. Um, and like I said, I would have hated it if they would have taken me out of school. But I don't think that would have meant that I had to lose my friends. Um, and in the end, my friends weren't what I needed most importantly. What I needed was healing. What I needed was hope. And what right. I needed was Jesus. You were asking your parents to step up to the plate and be parents and, and not just your buddy at that point and say, here's what's really needed to help you, and we love you, and we're going to make some decisions based on loving you and what's best for you. And, and sometimes that's a very difficult road to hoe, I understand. Yeah. It's also difficult for both parents to get on the same page with that, too, because right. one will want to do it one way, and one will see a totally different thing. And, right. and what if both parents don't see eye to eye on that? Then what do you do? Again, I think you need to sit down and look at each other and say, help me understand why you're thinking like you're thinking, and then pray about it, and let's, let the Spirit lead in that one. Nailed it, Dave. I think two parents who just pray together on this will come to an understanding that is agreeable versus being disagreed on something. So I, I just encourage parents, and this is really going to the kind of the end. You're kind of getting the precursor of the end here. This is probably the biggest thing that's going to impact you is if you're able to pray together. Prayer does change a lot of things. So we're going to talk more about that later on the show. But what's one more thing that you, you just realized through the years as you've been looking back on your life and Growing up and all the struggles that were going on, what's one thing you wish your parents knew? That our family needed to be centered on Christ. And that's something that I didn't realize until I was like 21 and something my mom wrote in my book. She just you know, didn't understand that Jesus and God and faith and the church, it was only a part of our life on Sundays. The Bible was only read in church. Like She didn't realize the difference that centering our family and our lives on Christ would make. If we didn't just pray at meals and at dinner, if we didn't just read the Bible and and Sundays at church, and if we really talked about our faith and and grew in our relationship with God and the way that would have helped all of us. Now, did she have a relationship with God? No. I mean, she thought she did. She thought she was a Christian. I would have told you I was a Christian. All of us, my whole family would have told you we were Christians, but we didn't have a relationship with God. We didn't really know him in a personal way. He was just a part of our lives, kind of in the top left corner. It wasn't, you know, a practical part of our everyday life. I think there's a lot of parents that struggle with the same thing. We're going to pick this conversation up when we come back. Remember, you can drop us an email at hope at hopenet360.com or with Kristen when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW with you tonight. We're so glad that you've joined us here on the show. Hopefully you're getting something out of this conversation. And if you're not, you're going to need to go back and listen to it at hopenet360.com after the show. That's right. We podcast every single episode and we put it there for you. So not only you can get something from it later on, again and again as you listen to past shows or maybe the same episode because you were like, what was that? I missed that point. Check it out at HopeNet360.com. You can share it with your friends and you can get them to be part of our conversations as well during the week. So glad that you've joined us here on the show. We're sitting down with Kristen Jane Anderson. We're talking about things that I wish our parents knew in some ways. A lot of us can identify, I know I can identify with some of the things that you're talking about, things I wish that my own parents knew about some of the struggles that I had going on and points in my life that brought me to almost like the end of my rope, really, where I was like, I don't know what else to do. Like, I feel like I don't have any purpose. I, I don't feel like there's any hope left. And so we're talking more about that tonight with you, Kristen. And I'd just like to hear more of what your spiritual thoughts are on some of these things. What are, what are some things that you wish that your parents knew about faith? I wish they knew that our family needed to be centered on Christ. Talk about that a little bit. Well, Jesus and God and all of, you know, our faith was really relegated to Sunday mornings. I mean, we really didn't talk about who he was. We didn't spend time with him. We didn't grow in a relationship with him. We didn't know anything about having a relationship with him. We didn't pray together. I mean, we prayed at meals and at bedtime, just sort of rehearsed prayers, you know, nothing from the heart. And there was just so much missing. Really, Jesus and God and our our Christian faith that we thought we had was was really reserved for Sunday mornings. Hmm. Encourage uh, parents and couples, talk about the Bible and talk about your relationship with God in public at home. Talk about it around the table. Talk about it in the living room. Make it a natural part of your life. Don't make it only a part where the church or institutions somehow take care of that or programs. Make it a daily part of your life. Relationships need to be daily, and we have a relationship with God and a relationship with each other. You know, I think Satan has really gotten a lot of us to be convinced that that's where 
our relationship with God happens is at church. There are probably more families than we realize that go home six days out of the week. They're not Christians. Yeah. You know, they're not living it. They're not, they don't have fruit in their life. They're not, you know, reaching out to their neighbors. They're not reading their Bibles. And I'm not saying this to knock you. It's just Satan has done so much to normalize things that should never be normalized. And he's outcast things that should be everyday living for us as far as faith in Christ and that. And, and that's, that's the power of Satan's deception. He's gotten us to believe a lie that we are supposed to be doing something we're not supposed to be doing or we're supposed to be a part of something we're not supposed to be a part of. And that the normal things in life are abnormal. You know, it's really important that that as uh, the adults that are listening to us understand their role of loving God and doing it in public. Uh, my wife and I run a youth club in our at our local church, and one of the the things I really stress is trying to find leaders that are couples that can come into this youth group with us, so that the young people have couples who are dedicated to each other and dedicated to God to look at and see and understand that it can be done. When these couples have anniversaries. I usually make a big deal about it. And I usually bring them up front and ask them, are you planning on divorcing your, your spouse, you know, husband or wife, whatever? No, why not? And they would tell me. All we're doing actually is saying, look, we are going to center our lives on something that does not change. And that's God. And every young person needs to have that. And, and those that don't have it, uh, you go up on the list a little bit. Hopefully there's a youth group that does have it that can give you that kind of support that you need. And, and those that are Christian moms and dads, we need to be the displayers of who Christ is and make Christ the center of our lives. That's our responsibility. The best thing I can do for my kids is to love God and to love my wife and do it in a way where they can see it. And, and all of a sudden, you, you will open the door to more opportunities to make a positive impact. I think this might make some people mad, but I'm just going to say it. If you are not hearing testimonies outside of baptism Sundays, your church is going to die. Yeah. It's going to die. We need testimonies in everyday living. We need testimonies of God's goodness. We need testimonies that are happening. The only way that happens is by living authentic faith. If we're not doing that, we're dying. We're dying spiritually. And I say that as a challenge to every single one of us, to me included, because yeah. There are oftentimes, the only times that I'm hearing testimonies is when someone's getting baptized, and it's really the, I turned from what I was doing, the, maybe the drugs, the alcohol, and I'm turning to Christ, and, and then you don't hear testimonies. You don't hear stories of what God's doing in someone else's life, and I think if your church is that way, man, there's a challenge for you in there. So I just, I want to encourage you with that, you guys. And what we don't realize is that our lack of intimacy with God is pushing our children away from God. We need to live an authentic life where we, when we make mistakes, we admit it. You know, I asked some young people once if they ever heard their dad say, I was wrong, and, and several of them said, no, never. You know, well, how in the world are young men supposed to learn how to repent and, and do things differently? If, if mom and dad are not genuine in living for Christ and doing it in public, then, then the children that in their family are not going to see this and understand it. And they're not going to, they're going to be, you know, like Kristen down the road, they're going to say, you know what? I have nowhere to go. The relationship my parents have is an arrangement. The thing with church is an arrangement. I don't see relationships. And before you know it, they're desperate. We need to straighten out our lives as adults. And then young people, you can't use that as an excuse. You need to, to find a church and find some older people that actually love God and will pour into you and ask them to and, and see what happens. All right, Kristen, what's another thing? I also wish they had known the power of God, the Bible, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I feel like that sounds so simple, especially to us as believers. Like, well, of course, that they should have known that, you know, but they just, they did it. They did not know that I needed to be transformed by the renewing of my mind and that through a relationship with the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, that could happen. They didn't know any of that. So I thought I needed to fix myself. I thought they needed to fix me. I, I mean, I, we just were completely lost. You know, and the opposite of that is... You probably also wish you, they knew the power of drinking, of drugs, of dangerous thinking, destructive thinking, you know, those kinds of things. And we would couple that in as sin, you know, anything that is that lines up against what the Word of God says is that's going to line up with sin and what we're not supposed to do or what we're not supposed to fall into. What you're saying is there's a different power than what this world has. 
can you talk more about that? Like what what that has meant for you and how that's changed your life is, you know, knowing God and the Bible, the Holy Spirit, all of this? It means everything to know what God says about me in the Bible, to know that he's there with me no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I've done. I mean, he's always, always, always there. He always loves me. He always cares. He always wants to help. I'm to know that this that that God's spirit lives within me now that you know I've become reconciled to God I to know that that I'm not by myself that he is going to work through me and for me that he, that he's always working in my best interest that he can give me the peace and the strength and the joy that I mean it just means everything I can't explain it in a few words I don't know how to just simplify that <laughs> yeah you know you know what's interesting to me is a, a lot of times people think and I speak all over and they think that I'll pick a topic, and I'm, you know, the truth of the matter is I very seldom pick a topic. I read the Bible, and God picks the topics. You know, He He really knows. He He knows our frame, as the Bible says. He made us. He knows how we're to live. As I really walk intimately with Him, as I love Him, as I spend time with Him, then then God's Spirit empowers me when I'm talking to somebody. To maybe I have to stand up like Jesus sometime and throw somebody out of a temple. But maybe also I get to walk up to the woman at the well and talk to her very calmly. And, and that's the spirit of God. Moms and dads, as they're worried or concerned about their children, the number one thing you can do is have that dynamic relationship with God, be in his word, and be sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he guides you through the, the, the minefield of training your children. Mm-hmm. And he knows when you need to ask a question or when you need to stop him from seeing a friend. or when I mean, God knows that, and he loves your children more than you do. So, so don't deny the power that's available to you. Go and start or begin a relationship with God if you haven't. If you don't know how to do that, please go to the live coach at HopeNet360.com and talk to him. Say, man, I need to get into God's family so I can really understand what this is to walk with him and have the Holy Spirit lead and guide me. And when you find that, you will be positioning yourself to be the best help you can to your children. Absolutely. And so we're going to wrap up this conversation and more with Kristen when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're sitting down with Kristen Jane Anderson here in studio, and she's not just a special guest. Kristen, you're a part of the show, and we're so thankful for you to, to take time this year, especially to come in and just share your story, share your experience, and all that. And as we're wrapping up this conversation tonight, any final thoughts that you have on just this list? I mean, we said a whole lot of things to parents here tonight, and, and maybe there are a lot of teens that are shaking their head like, yeah, I wish my parents knew that. I wish they knew that. and But they're not shaking their head because they don't want their parents to know. It's just a weird catch-22 about it. But, Kristen, is there one more thing that you would have just to share with parents, things that you wish that your parents knew? There's just one more thing that I think is really important. I wish that they knew I needed someone who knew God pouring into me, somebody who really, really knew him. Whether they had a relationship with God or not, I wish they would have known that I needed somebody who really knew him pouring into me. And where would you find that? Well, I would think at a local church, you know, a pastor, a youth leader. I, I wish I even had Christian friends pouring into me, but I didn't have any of those either. And do you think there was someone like that in your church when you were growing up or...? I'm not sure if there was somebody like that at my church, sadly. I, I didn't come across anybody like that. I mean, I, definitely people who cared about me, but not who cared about my spiritual health and my relationship with God. I don't think they really ever talked to me about anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess in looking over this list, what are some of your final thoughts? You know, what, what would you say to parents who are now trying to put this into action? I mean, you've said a, you've said a mouthful. I mean, there's so many things to take away. And to start, I don't think we can just start doing this and expect it to be done next week. I, I feel like this is a process. And one of the things I want to just say is don't be afraid. I feel like it can be overwhelming. It can be scary. And you're not going to have all the answers, but God does. And he's going to hold your hand and he's going to hold your child's hand. And you just need to walk through this together. Walk towards him together. Trust him. Seek counsel from the church. Talk to pastors and everything. Just don't feel like you're alone. Just like you don't want them to know they're alone. Realize that you're not alone. And if you want them to have an authentic relationship with God, if you want them to really love him, you need to really love him. You need to really know him. And that needs to be your focus um, right before your child, mostly. Yeah. You know, when you talk, Kristen, I think that parents today, there's two words that come to mind. They're distracted and they're pressured. They're distracted from what's important. You know, money isn't the bottom line. 
and, and having a nice lawn isn't the bottom line. But loving God and loving your family is what's most important. And, and we need to spend time and effort and be intentional about that. The second thing is I, I think they're pressured. They're pressured to give children a certain amount of things. They, they've, they've replaced relationship with things. So we need to give them, you know, all the sports stuff. We need to give them all the, all the money. We need to give them all the, you know, all the events and all the, and we wear ourselves out with this pressure trying to keep up with all the demands that are placed on us as a culture. And I think the distraction and the pressure are causing us to actually not be people who actually spend time with God intentionally and spend time with one another. Um, I, I, I would beg adults out there that are listening, would you please spend time with God and love your spouse and then look for a young person and ask God to show you who that you can look to and just spend time with them. Show them that you love them and show them that you love God. And, and if they don't have a good family, maybe they can watch yours and see what it's like. Take that challenge on. Mm-hmm. And if you're a young person, Ask God to give you an older person in your life that actually loves God that you can talk to and then start looking for him. And, and I agree, you, you need to have this triangle thing going. You, you should be looking for somebody older that can pour into you and, and you should be looking for somebody younger that, that you can pour into. And in that process, you stay in God's word and you love God and see what happens. This is not as complicated as we make it. It's the distraction of, of, of life that we're in and the pressures that we feel that make it complicated. Uh, God says, uh, come to me, all you that are weary. You come to me, and he says, I will give you rest. And that's what we need to do. That's where we need to start. We need to come to him, and then we get his rest, and then we can really help others around us. There is no curriculum that will do this. God will do this. The Holy Spirit will do this. You can use curriculums, but the curriculum isn't something that's going to really be beneficial. It's going to be a relationship with God and a relationship with that person. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds so simple. And Dave, as you talked about parents who are distracted or who are pressured, there's oftentimes there's one response to any one of those things, and that is the desire for control. Mm -hmm. And Kristen, you talked so much about, you know, things you wish your parents knew. And one of the natural responses that parents will take when they find out that their child is in, in trouble is they're going to try to take control of the situation. And rightfully so. I mean, we talked about, you know, friends and, and ways that we can put our child in the right place at the right time, you know, finding a good counselor, finding a good youth group or all these things. But again, that's kind of the wrestling match is how much control do parents really have in their child's life? And it actually turns out there's very little, very little as parents. And whether or not you're new to the faith, if you've been in the faith for a long time, I think parents will generally agree that the control that a person has if they really do love their child is the fact that they can't control circumstances, they can't control what their child does, and that faith does play a bigger role in our lives than sometimes we want to admit. And we have to trust the one who sees the entire picture. And for your parents, they may have trusted God and, and known that he was there, but that same night they were faced with a reality they never wanted to see. They never wanted to address. And yet God had the full picture in mind. I'm not recommending they take the same choice patterns that you made, but the reality is, is now you're going out and you're sharing your story. You're sharing things that you learned along the way. You're now sharing things that you wish parents knew along the way so they could maybe help sharpen their eyes and respond in the right way. But I think the one thing we haven't really talked so much about is this need for prayer. You know, we talk about, you know, if you want your kids to, to live a, a life that glorifies God, well, you know, then you can bring them to youth group. That's a good thing. But if we don't have authentic faith going on at the home, it's not going to change. It's not really going to affect their long-term outcome, what their life is going to look like. See, kids will be who their parents are. And, and I know as kids growing up, I've said the same thing. I'm not going to be the same parent my mom was or my dad was. You know, it's not who I want to be. And yet, now that I'm a parent, I'm going to say things. I'm going to do things because I've I've seen it. I've been ingrained with that. That's the way I've been taught and trained. And and unless there's something that's more powerful that comes in that can change our heart and mind about something that's deep within us, nothing's going to change. And that's where I'm saying that knowing who God is will change our heart. It will change how we respond in situations. It will change our faith in a lot of ways, what we really do put our faith in, how we respond in situations. And then prayer changes a lot of things too. And I just had an email come in in the last week from a parent who was like, I need to talk to my child about these things. They're struggling. They're, they're, talking, they're looking to things like cutting. They're trying to find answers in different places, and they're not filling their needs. And, and I don't know what to do. You know, is there a good book? Or is there a good resource out there? 
I'm just thinking the easiest thing to say, and it's probably the hardest thing to do. I don't know why it's the hardest thing to do, but prayer is a big part of it. I, I really believe if we had parents and their children praying, it would change a lot of things. And I can't say it will solve every single problem, but for the majority of it, if you're, if you're willing to pray together, that can move a lot. That can change a lot. It could change a relationship in a moment if you're just willing to just say, let's just pray about this. That changes a lot of things. That shows your child that you're willing to go out on faith where you don't have the answers, but let's go to the one who does. Let's go to the one who sees it. So I just want to encourage you. I want to challenge you, parents. If you've never prayed with your children before, don't just pray for supper. Don't just pray for bedtime. You know, Don't just say, thank you, God, that bedtime came, and now I can actually have some sanity back in my day. No, actually get together as a family and just pray. Don't feel like you have to have it all together. Just pray see what that can do in your life. So we're th- so glad that you guys have joined us on the show. If you have more thoughts to share with us here on the show, we'd love to hear them. You can email us at hope at hopenet360.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, catch all the past episodes as well on iTunes. Or if you want to just go to our website, hopenet360.com, everything is there. We've got links up for Kristen's website and where you can find her book. So check that out at hopenet360.com. For all of us here on the show tonight, thanks so much for joining us here on HopeNet Radio. Thank you.